This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. Well, here we are, Brad. How how are you, Brad? I, I I'm all right. I'm all right. A little tense, so I'm having a beer. You're, why are you tense? I don't know. It's just kind of one of these tense days. Get trying to accomplish a lot and running around, and you know, tomorrow's bulk pickup day. Oh, at so, this a uh, uh, work related thing or a house related no, thing house related thing oh so you gotta so you gotta put all your stuff you collected over the year your broken washing machines and everything else out front right dilapidated any, uh charcoal grills yeah any uh any like giant shipping pallets you might have seven old mm-hmm. computers mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly i know exactly. all that That's shit how it works I have rooms full of that crap. Well, do you have bulk pickup day where you are? Or is that just a, uh, you know, out in the, the uh, I don't know, the the population dense area where you are? Does that not happen or what? It actually happens every week. So <laughs> okay, any yeah, time, any time they come and pick up the trash, you can put whatever you want out there, anything. Anything. Refrigerators, uh, a whole house full of like shingles that you've torn off your roof. Uh, like you said, refrigerators, um, shit, washers, dryers, water heaters, uh, construction materials, old siding, floor moldings, crown moldings. And we put an oven out there. Um, the reason I said old grills is because we've put in more than I can count of those. We have old lawn furniture out there right now because tomorrow is trash day. We've okay. got shit tons of uh, like cardboard. Not that that's a big deal, but you can just literally pile it in the street. Um, you know, old kids toys that were beaten up and battered down beyond usefulness. You just throw it all out there. It's it's crazy. Like drywall, because we had to do a lot of work to this house when we moved in. Mm-hmm. Just pile it up, and they come and take it. The only thing they're a little touchy on is, like, paint. Like Right, the, yeah. No, we have the same thing, yeah. Paint is hard to get rid of, it seems. You have to let it Other dry just, out. Uh, right. And then they'll take it. What, what were you going to say? Other than, like, using it on walls? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, bulk pickup day. So the crazy thing, though, we're trying to minimize how much we throw away because, you know, it's, it goes in landfills. So we had it a uh, yard sale, but we had it. You know, I was on vacation there a couple weeks ago, but we had a freaking yard sale the day before we left. And we went on the cruise. We had to drive to New York and leave Get the train out of D.C., so take an Uber to the train station, get on the train, take the train to New York, take a cab from Penn Station up to the cruise terminal, 
get on the boat. So it was like a lot of traveling planes, trains, and automobiles style. And the train left out of DC at six, I think a M. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we spent all of Saturday putting on this yard sale and just that's a bulk pickup day in and of itself. But then you have to do the bulk pickup after you do the whole rigmarole right. of the damn yard sale. So it was exhausting. I feel your pain, in other words. Yes, yeah. You know, yes. And so, okay, I'm going to ask you something else. A slight change of gears here. Okay. But I just got to do it, right? Have you thought about anal, re- anal retentiveness? Like being overly tidy? Is that what you mean by that? Kind of, yeah. Like that's what, you know, that that refers to, right? Well, are are you referring to the fact that um, it is taking a long time to release the previous episode, perchance? No, I actually was not referring okay. to that. <laughs> Although I see, yes, I could see how you might see that. No, I actually wasn't. I was just thinking okay. in general. Um, I have this concept of anal retentiveness. Well, first of all, Brad, I don't think anal retentiveness is the preferred nomenclature anymore. (laughs) I think it's I think it's fastidious, please. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I I haven't thought about anal retentiveness since the early 90s, I think. Well, it's weird that it's a common term. At least it seems so to me. Because Saturday Night Live had Phil Hartman, the anal retentive carpenter or something. Okay. Yeah, they might have had. I don't remember exactly that, but yeah, I could see that. He never actually made anything. He would like make one cut and then it would all be about like cleaning up the sawdust, putting it in a little baggie, putting Mm -hmm. that baggie in another baggie and then disposing of it properly. Right. But what does that, but it's weird that that has to do with like retaining stuff anally. Anally, yeah. Anal retentive. So this is what I discovered. Oh, you've researched this. Yes. Do you know what you call those who reject anal retentive characteristics? Um, anal explosiveness? Close enough. <laughs> anal, ex- anal expulsive. <laughs> and this comes down, you know, to Freud. He was like, okay. When you're a kid and you're, like, doing toilet training, you're either anal retentive, you try to hold it in, you're not all right with it, or you're anal expulsive. And that leads to somehow what you are as an adult, one way or the other. Which is weird that Freud just, like, came up. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. I'm not a psychologist, but he just, like, invented a bunch of stuff in his mind. Right, in his mind. Hey. How about this shit? (laughs) Literally. Or lack literally. of literally, <laughs> yes, literally, <laughs> literal feces, or lack thereof, <laughs> or lack thereof. Oh shit! So that's it. That what? was that was my nugget. <laughs> nugget. <laughs> Everything sounds like shit talk now. I've tainted the whole episode. It taint, Brad. <laughs> it taint your hmm and it taint your ha. <laughs> What this is you- what you get, fellas, when I drank one third of a beer before going online. What what made you think about anal retentiveness? Well, it's just kind of popped into my head. Why? And um, well, I was I was trying to go to the bathroom, but I was being very retentive. 
Oh, it wasn't and, cooperating. And, and then it got me to think about. I must say it wasn't cooperating. I was not cooperating. I got gotcha. because I was so worried about the details. I couldn't do it. Right now, it got me thinking about the term, and I've always wondered kind of about the term. Like, yeah, yeah. it does have to do with holding your poop in. So, but why is that a thing that it's okay to say? Anal retentive. Yeah, it's You're not anal. okay. You're so anal. But that's just a people You're so urethral. Like, people people that say You're so like, phallic. You're like translucent. But they shortened anal retentive down to just anal. Nobody wants to talk about anal expulsive, I guess. Yeah, anal expulsive is just this too far. Well, I'm more anal expulsive than anal retentive, I would say. I wish I was anal expulsive. I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. I can't figure it out. I mean, I've I, lost all insight into myself. I had anal expulsiveness for like five years straight, like multiple times a day. Not like I could control it, I guess, but I just mean like not good some, there's good ones and there's bad ones. And I was having bad ones for years. It's when I was finishing school and working like 50 or 60 hours a week. I think it was stress. It's managing people. Yeah. A lot of responsibility. Trying to finish school. Uh, very stressful. So I was a little expulsive there. So speaking of being expulsive. Yes. Do we want to just launch the minute now? Let's try it again to get it up front. Release just, the minute. Let's release the minute. Expul, expulse it. Let's expulse the minute. Expulse it. When I have to say socially, all who have any interest in raising the child himself. Oh, so that doctor... Um... Exactly. Now, what happened to your face? Did Jackie Trehorn do that as well? No, uh... It was the chief of police of Malibu, real reactionary. So your father... Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, man, my thinking about this case had become very uptight. Yeah. Your father. Jeffrey, what are you talking about? Jeffrey! Walter, if you're there, pick up the fucking phone, man. Come on, Walter. Yeah, listen, Walter, I'm at my place. I need you to come pick me up. I can't drive, dude. It's Erev Shabbos. What? Erev Shabbos. What? Erev Shabbos. I so we're doing good so far. Bulk pickup days, anal retentiveness. We and then the minute. And we expulsed the minute. And now we're retenting. We're, we're retenting the minute now. Yes. We're going to retent this episode a little bit. As I was just saying yes. during the break, I think um, last week's uh, Ben Hur esque right epic <laughs> excursion was was enough to make up for you know the the mythical shorter episode. Yes, yeah, so we'll see if we can do it. We've we've tried it and seemed to have failed. We'll see what we can do this time. Well. It, to not waste any time, I know we just played the minute, but I do have some revisits that I would like to revisit. H how does that make right. you feel? That makes me feel fine. Let's revisit. Okay. First of all, I've got... We talked at some length about the dude making his drink. There were some 
inconsistencies there. Mm-hmm. A couple of, you know, errant cap drops. Mm-hmm. But he definitely puts in, I would say, anywhere from 5 to 12 cubes of ice in that drink. You can hear him grab a handful of cubes and drop them in his glass. When he walks into the bedroom, he leans against the sort of door jam there. You can see the ice sort of like, you know, when it's touching the glass, you can kind of see it in there. And of course, the audio is supporting that. You can hear the tinkling of the ice. You can see it. It doesn't look like there's that much ice. You cut to Maud, you cut back to the dude, all that ice is gone. So, it's just one of those ways to see through the veil, because it was, you know, multiple takes, so... Pierce the veil, as they say. Piercing the veil. Um, Yeah, because once... Once he walks in there, and now it's like a different scene almost. It's him and Maud in the bedroom, and he's leaning against the door jam. They probably did that 10 or 15 times, however many times. They weren't refilling the ice and making a new drink every time. Mm-hmm. So, but once you start cutting back and forth, you know, it's okay. The ice can go away. It's that that uh, sort of subconscious uh, passage of time, I guess. Like, once you cut, even though the scene is taking place concurrently, like, simu- like linearly. Yes. Not exponentially. Not exponentially. Or reverse That's chronologically. That's a good idea, though. An exponential movie. Here, I'll write that down. Write that down. Here, I'm getting, I'm capturing that. I think that's, I think that's, that's, I like that idea. All right, we'll cut that out then so nobody takes it. Yeah. Exponential movie. Any other thoughts on exponential movies? No. Okay. But what I, my point was that that visual cue, once you cut, it's like when the dude leaves the titular Lebowski's office in their first meeting and he's walking towards the door. Yeah, you're cutting, and it's like you know, 15 seconds for him to get over there when it should take three. But we cut, you know, so it's okay. It's okay. It's just something I noticed after watching it over and over. One of those little things gets by you. There it is. It's a continuity. I won't even say error. Because what's an error, really? Because what's an error, Brad? It's uh it's a curiosity. It's a continuity curiosity. What what do you think? I, I like that. But I mean it's legit. Like the ice shouldn't have there's definitely ice in there and then the ice is definitely gone if you look at the uh you look at the shot. I don't have a visual aid for that. I know I said I had a visual aid, but it's not for that. It's for something else. I, I'm going I'm saving that right now. That's why I was a little late. I didn't realize you were ready, but I'm going to save that right now and show it okay. to you. It might take me, it's going to take me 24 seconds. Apologies to all the the listeners listening right now that can't see this. Well, you're just going to have to, you know... Go to the Tumblr. How do they find this extra material, Brad? Well, you're going to want to visit gutterballs.tv. 
that is the website for this podcast, Gutterballs TV, where you can find a link to our Twitter, our YouTube, our Facebook, and our Tumblr. The Tumblr, especially, that's where we post a lot of these little extra tidbits. All of these extra tidbits, all like four of them. Four of them. They're in the course of the last three years, we've come up with four tidbits, and they've all been posted to the Tumblr. It's more than one per year, so... yeah. Proud of that. Proud we are of all of us. Tumblr, you know, Tumblr is a great place to post uh, a yearly tidbit. Tumblr, as I've said before, is weird. I don't fully understand it, but I'm getting a little better, I guess. It's just a place to put weird gifts and pictures, and I don't know. That's about it, I think. Right? Um, kind of. You know, it has it has its stuff. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> it has its stuff. It has its fandoms and its you Great know, cultural significance and everything else. So, I don't know. What else is there really to say about any of this? Nothing. You can't say anything about anything. Um... Are, what are you, some we kind of not- broken 602 followers on the Tumblr, though. Oh, shit. Wow. It was just 400 some the last time yeah, you I know. mentioned. Why is that? Why Tumblr of all places? Because Tumblr is about fandoms and they like, they like the, the Lebowski. They like the Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that they like the gutter balls. Necessarily. I don't think they like the gutter balls. I just like Lebowski and they like the fact that we post screenshots of the various episodes with a quote every week. You know, I think that is pretty much the, the thing that they like. Yeah. No, they I like seeing the little screenshot with a little blurb of dialogue from the movie. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Ha ha. has written literally nothing to do with anything gutter balls related. Yes. Because it does, <laughs> certainly hasn't resulted in more, more listeners. I see this diagram you sent. Well, as Carl challenged us last episode to do a layout of the dude's right. apartment. Yes. And this is pretty much the layout. Like, I'm with you on this. Yeah. So The only difference I would have is the bed. With being what? What would you do with the, the bed? The bed is closer to the to the doorway, so it should move. It down. should move mostly more like it's across from the weird cabinets. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Still, I but I mean, but roughly, and yes, and the damage being there because you can see that damage. Yeah, no, you're with. I'm with you on this. Yeah, and the bar. I'd made some adjustments. The bar would also have to move closer to the doorway to the bedroom. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah. Yeah. But roughly speaking, it's not to scale perfectly. No, anything, but roughly speaking, this is the layout. Yes. Well, as you may or may not know, I'm not an architect, but so this this is is the best I could do. This is good to, uh, to look at. Yeah, good to, thing. It's just a really good aid to have for a podcast. And it's what's surprising to me though is I don't like I don't think the kitchen is too too far off scale wise. I think maybe the um, 
The wall separating the bedroom slash bathroom from the kitchen should move to our right a little bit, so the kitchen would be a little smaller. Mm-hmm. But we okay. n- we never get to see inside the kitchen really. No. We get to see like. It in the background a little bit. Right, you we, can see through the doorway a little bit sometimes right. when he's at the bar. But I was surprised to notice that we get pretty good glimpses of almost every other area in his home. Mm-hmm. I like this home. You know, it's simple. It's, it's small and simple. That's what I... It's cozy. You know, it's cozy. It's just what I would like. And it's it's lived in, you know. I mean, not in its trashed state now, obviously, but you know, it's not perfectly clean. You don't feel he's not faking it. You know, it's lived in. It's got clutter around. Um, we don't know what the kitchen's like, but you know, if you feel like you can go in there and plop down somewhere, it's got that nice lived-in feel. He's not trying too hard. I like that. So, yeah, you're on board with this. I'm 100% on board. Because you remember Carl was saying, like, no, he's in his kitchen here because of the weird cabinets. Well, the weird cabinets do look like kitchen cabinets. They they certainly do. But again, yes, it's not the kitchen, though. No. Because we can see the kitchen in other shots, in other scenes of the movie. Right. So here we are. Good. Good. All right. Revisit. Check. Was that all the revisits? Um. Oh, one quick one. Yeah. Did I? I don't. I can't remember if I talked to you about this because I talked to my brother and my wife. You might know her. Her name is Leslie. About the dude's uh, method for preparing his white Russian. He did it. Uh, two episodes, I, I guess, two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see him out there. He puts the ice in, he puts the vodka in, then the half and half, then the Kahlua, cause the Kahlua is heaviest and it kind of, you get a head start on mixing it cause it kind of sinks through the drink instead of right. like doing the vodka, doing the Kahlua, it goes to the bottom and then pouring the half and half on top, which is how you traditionally do it. But so I thought this was a pretty brilliant drink technology. The dude came up with there and I, I tried it and it worked okay. It actually was somewhat successful, but that's not the way he makes it earlier in the movie. He does it the traditional way earlier in the movie. By that, I mean ice, vodka, Kahlua, then half and half. And this is just before right. he goes out to see uh Mahdi. So it's an inconsistent drink prep. But as we all know, Brad, <laughs> consistency. <laughs> there you go. Is the bugaboo of a. <laughs> See, I think there's some anal retentive hobgoblins out there. Uh, bugaboo and you guys up. Being a little mischievous. Being a little mischievous. So I think that's all the revisits. There's the rapidly melting ice mystery. And inconsistent drink prep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. And All the right. oh, the diagram, which we'll post a Tumblr if anybody cares to see that. Maybe I'll put it on Facebook too. Can they get to Facebook via gutterballs.tv? Um, I think so. Okay, cool. I- I'll cool. double check that right now. 
Uh, I want to double check that. Oh, yeah, you can totally get to Facebook oh. from gutterballs.tv. How many clicks does it take once you're at gutterballs.tv to get to our Facebook page? It takes exactly one click. <sighs> That's efficiency of movement. A visual note. I guess this is a visual note. We don't really have a camera section. I just kind of lumped that in with visual notes. But so the dude... <clears throat> he makes his drink he comes back in he's having a back and forth with Maud he does his spit take starts to recover from that and he's starting to put things together now mm-hmm. and you can see his wheels turning up there and he starts and this is at like 9110 or something he starts at the edge of the doorway and he walks towards the camera now and the camera you can tell is like it's loose so they can follow his movement but he walks towards the camera probably four or five feet maybe six feet maybe five feet they had to first of all follow him so they could keep the framing nice but they also had to do a rack focus in that and there's there's a camera assistant whose only job, he's a focus puller. Right. That's his only job is to keep shit in focus. Right. So this is a person who, so you have like a person, I'll say this, well, yes, you have in essence the, the camera operator, I guess, right? You call them that? You have it's a in camera. in essence holding the camera. Or, you know, the camera's on a rig, but he's in essence controlling that camera. Right. Pointing it where it's supposed to be pointed. Pointing where it's supposed to be. Starting and stopping it, perhaps, as well? Perhaps, yes. Perhaps. But then there's a person, because you have a lens on the front of that camera. Right. And you have someone there. If you need to change the focus as the camera is rolling, you have someone there in the front to to do that. Right. So the camera's on a big rig and like mm-hmm. possibly a dolly which is a plat just a platform with wheels on it that they can move around and then the focus puller sits like you said at the front of the camera and he's actually he's not looking at the actors because he doesn't give a shit about the actors he's actually facing perpendicular to the direction the lens is pointing because he's got to look at the lens and Either they mark it off on the lens and he physically twists it, but probably not because the camera's got to be free and the camera operator's got to be able to like point it, tilt it, pan it, you know, move it without, you know, having somebody else like impeding him holding it. So he's got a physical device that's attached to the camera by either a wire or... In 98, 97, 98, it was probably a wire. Now they're wireless. He probably does it on his fucking iPhone. And when they go through rehearsals, they get a tape measure out. And again, they probably don't use tape measures anymore. It's probably some, like, laser gun. It's like a shark with a freaking laser on its head. And they measure. Okay, the dude is 11 feet, three and a half inches from the the uh, film plane to his eyeball and they will measure that exactly like with a tape measure sometimes 11 feet three inches you dial it in or you mark it off on your little dial that you have in your hand bam Mm -hmm. 
Reframe. Okay, walk here. Here's your mark. Measure it now. Film plane. Eyeball. Now it's four feet, 11 and a quarter inches. And then during the move, the focus puller dials in 11 feet, three or whatever. They make their move. The dude's got to hit his mark. Jeff Bridges has to hit his mark. So it's these three people operating in tandem, like a, like a ballet. Right. And And if the dude's off his mark... Or the focus puller fucks it up and, like, spins his dial a little too far. Oh, shit, and he's got to come back. Or the camera op, like, shakes back and forth. Or or the the dolly grip pushes the dolly a little too far, and they don't hit their mark. Shot's fucked up. Never mind the performance. Or a like, lot has to happen whew. to pull. A lot has to happen to pull this off. It's one of these invisible shots that so much preparation... And like, we'll we'll call it anal retentiveness had to go into to pull it off. Ooh. And it just kind of goes by like that. There you go. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Way Flip. to bring it all back. Yeah. All Ra- back to the Wrap anal. it around. Everything comes back to the, the anal. All about the anal. So anyway, it's a nice camera follow and a nice focus follow. Follow focus, we'll call it. In fact, that's what the device is called, a follow focus. That way you're not having to grab the lens and physically twist it. It's a little device that attaches to it. So anyway, I thought that was cool. Audio note, that's all I have for visual notes. We're we're almost at half an hour, so I think we're almost done here. (laughs) I gotta start moving. Uh, Audio note. What's the song that's playing? I think you t- told um, me. At one is point. this still the? Um, it's the same one. It plays through the same whole one. scene. It plays through the whole scene. Yeah. Okay. Shit, we have to go back and look at our old old notes for that. Damn it. Yeah. What was that called? Here, let's see. Is it in this? Is it in this one? It must have been two per two ago. I think I got it bad, and that ain't good. Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. So I got it bad and that ain't good. Do you know what that song is about? I don't. I'm actually asking that. It's not a trick. Um I actually uh don't know off the top of my head exactly. Is it I got it bad like I'm in love with some man but that ain't good cuz maybe he's a no good man or something like that? I would I, I would imagine at least that's the the I got it bad is probably referring to that why it ain't good I don't know we'd have to delve deeper probably hmm. either I well I would say it's it's got to be like either I'm a strong woman and I don't like being dependent on no man or it's I'm in love with this dude and he's shitty but I can't help loving him anyway seems like I don't know seems like those would be the two options maybe not maybe there's other options out there but the funny thing about that is both of those options are are apt for this scene because maud we've discussed doesn't you know her feminism probably makes her a little like put off that she's gotta like you know have the dude like give her some sperm she wishes she could just 
procreate without it, probably. Oh, maybe. I don't maybe. know. I think that might be overly stereotyping. But. Maybe, maybe, but she doesn't seem to... What do you think this was all about? Fun and games? This is after her speech about sex can be a natural zesty enterprise. And then there she is like, what do you think this is? Fun and games? Well, yeah, you said it yourself, but apparently not. Apparently this isn't about fun and games. It's just about the business of like, I need a kid. So I don't know. There's something there. Or it's about maybe the man is shitty, but she can't help loving him anyway. But one of the lyrics in the song is, and I can't hear it all because the dude's talking is something, something, something the way he should. And it's as the dude is saying, I mean, she says that lyric a couple of times, but it's right around the time where he's talking about, you know, let me explain something about the dude. And then Maude comes in. It's like, I don't want the father to have anything to do with the child or raising it or have to be someone I see socially at all. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics are like the way he should. I don't know. There's a linkage there. There's some kind of back There's and forth. There's a lot of curious linkages here, Gordon. <laughs> well, you know what the word linkage makes me think of. Chains? Chains, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, rock bands from the aughts, early aughts, perhaps. There were a lot of links involved, weren't there? There were. I don't know. It's open for continued digestion, perhaps. Another audio note, I like that at 92.35, so the dude starts putting it together like, yeah, your father, your father. And he runs out of the room to call Walter, and Maud's like, Jeffrey. Then we cut back to her in the bed, still doing her yoga poses, right. to, and she's like, Jeffrey! <laughs> like she, yeah. She's pissed, because she's not getting her way, mm-hmm. and he's not paying attention to her. She's used to being the center of attention. Jeffrey! <laughs> yeah. Well, that shot is actually a shot that I never really contemplated too much. Me either, like, man. It's not burned into my mind. Like, that shot, like, through the doorway of Maude in the bed and her pose there, it's kind of like a classical pose. It's a really a nice shot. Oh, it's so great. The lighting, and she's in the bed with the covers and her arm, and Jeffrey... It's Jeffrey. nice. <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Nice performance. Nicely framed. I just think the whole thing is nice. But like you said, it's not something. It comes and goes. Yeah. And you don't even think about it. Walter, if you're there, pick up the fucking phone, man. Are we going to talk about this? Come on, Walter. Pick it up, man. This is an emergency. Right. D- and. You got something to say about this? No, and then, he, then, then uh, <clears throat> I was just kind of quoting the dude, as we all do, to, to transition us to the next scene or the well, next phase of our podcast. But so yeah, here's he my calls. He calls him up. Here's my problem with that. He calls him up, dials the number. He's got the receiver, the handset, whatever, to his to his head. Mm-hmm. You can hear the phone ringing, mm-hmm. and he's talking to Walter, like, Walter, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, man. 
come on, this is an emergency. But the phone is ringing. But he's like trying to telepathically communicate to Walter the desperate nature of this situation. Walter can't hear him. I don't. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm turning up the volume here so I can hear this. He goes. He, uh, here, okay, here it is. Jeffrey? <laughs> Jeffrey. Jeffrey! Walter, if you're there, pick up the fucking phone, man. Come on, Walter. Pick it up, man. This is an emergency. Come on. Walter, if you're there. Come on, Walter. You're right, it's ringing. Yeah, he's just really talking to himself more than Walter. Pick up the phone, man. So you see where I'm going with this. I see where you're going. The only possibility is did the answering machine like pick up because he's not going to answer the phone. So it's going to go to the machine. But did it like click over right as he said, this is an emergency. Was there some audio cue that that happened? I don't think that the answering machine picked up. I think Walter picked up and I did examine that possibility and it seemed to me at least to be a series of no it seemed to me that the only thing walter would have heard is maybe like see maybe if the like even if the well it's hard to say when the machine so there's no audio cue that says when the machine picked up well there's you can hear the phone ringing in the background right you can hear the phone ringing but when he says this is an emergency, there's no more rings. But it's but he says it within where there would normally be a pause of between the rings. So at any point there, the machine could have picked up. It could have even picked up like mid ring in some weird way. Yeah, it's just. I mean, granted, you're you're you are correct. The phone is ringing at that time, and I normally was just thinking that was, yeah. I had always thought it was just like, he's talking to the answering machine, and it's like, I know you can hear me. Pick it up. Right. Which I think was what Jeff Bridges may have been thinking, like the dude. Right. It might have been that way in the script even, but when they went to do the sound work, it was like, well, he just types the number in. He can't just type the number in and then have it instantly go, beep, answering machine. Right. Right. Like, you never hear anything like, you've reached Walter Sobchak. Sobchak security. I'm not available right now. But, but you know, anything like that. Now, so. But here's the problem, though. Like, they, Walter could have had, you know, you could set your answering machine to pick up on the first ring. Yes. So, Which he could have maybe did because it's Arab Shabbos. Right. But they went ahead and put the, all those phone rings in there. Why? Why wouldn't they just leave the phone rings out? Okay, so I have a theory. Okay, I'm open to theories. Walter's outgoing message on his answering machine is a phone ringing, <laughs> which he does to confuse people, and so he can listen into what they're saying before he would normally answer it. It gives him a tactical advantage. I, I love that theory. I am so into that theory. That's what we are going to assume has happened here. Yeah, I think so. And that is so up Walter's alley right there. 
Oh, I love it. Brad, that's good. That is really good. Hey, every once in a while, I come up with one. <laughs> I mean, I really like that. I mean, he's in the security business. He's uh, very skeptical and suspicious of people. And yeah, he wants tactical answering machine advantages. I love it. Oh, I love it. Perfect. Moving on. Unless you have more to say about that. I mean, no, I don't. you're, you're I think, firing I think pearls. That's it. I mean, that was it right there. Boom. Right. Boom. Goes the dynamite. So how does Walter know it's an emergency? <laughs> Guess we can uh, close the book on that one. Yep. Your thinking about this case was way too uptight. It had Adam. become way too uptight. You're right. You're right. 9257. Arab shot right us. around. You mean 9157. Oh, are we on 92? Sorry. Yeah, I've got these numbers all wrong. 9157. Sorry. I don't know why I started doing that. Um, yes, 9157. The dude is listening to Walter's outgoing message, which is. The sound of a phone ringing. Mm-hmm. Walter finally picks up. And dude's like, pick up from off the bowling team. Fine, picks up. I know it's an emergency. That's why I picked up the phone. Dude's like, I need you to come pick me up. Walter's like, I can't. What? It's Arab Shabbos. What? It's Arab Shabbos. There's actually, there's two what's. I forget exactly how it goes. There's, I can't come pick you up. It's Arab Shabbos. What? It's Erev Shabbos. What? Erev Shabbos. So there's an Erev Shabbos, a what, an Erev Shabbos, a second Erev Shabbos, a second what, and then a third Erev Shabbos. I just wanted to point out that there were three Erev Shabbases because our good friend Nolan, who commented on our Facebook page, is all about Lebowski codex and like... You know, yes. finding all these clues. And one of the things that they look for is sets of three. And I suppose if you start looking for sets of three, you can find them anywhere. But I wanted to point it out. Well, there's also like a rule of threes, like kind of like comedy, right? Like you always list three things, do things three times. That's that's comedy. It is. Yeah. That's the golden number for comedy. Three. Three. Three is comedy. Mm hmm. Hmm. Three is a very spiritual number. Huh. I had no idea. Yeah. There you go. Calmer than you are. Perfectly calm, dude. <laughs> Calmer than you are. Calmer than you are. There's three. I wonder if they're consciously doing that. And anyway, I also wanted to point out that it's Erev Shabbos and not Shomer Shabbos. Right. Yes. Good Good point. So Erev Shabbos is, I guess, the the Friday part of Shabbos, right. like, it's like post, the night before, right? Post sundown on Friday, because he could Walter could roll on air of Shabbos as long as it's before sundown, I would assume. But then he can't roll at all on Shomer Shabbos, which is the Saturday. So we know that this is a Friday. I really want to oh, map out. Shit, that's could that's like the it could key. Do, it could do something. But I would have to go back and map it out. And I want to map out because, and this is going somewhere, We because there's a pretty clear line for a 
bunch of scenes in a row here. Right. Well, the big question was when uh, the dude was hammering the nails in, was that a time jump? Right. We don't know. Because it def well, what day was Marty's cycle thing on? His cycle was on. Uh, or did he say when? I believe he said when. This so long ago now. Yeah. It was only two years ago. Why can't I remember? But that would be so. That would be the key because if that was on a Friday, we'd have a big case to make that from Marty's dance recital up until. Um, Tuesday night. Okay. So there you go. I'm going to have to do a little more research. I didn't have time to put all the requisite, uh, what have you into yes. this, but I'm going to do it. And I'm, I also want to do it not only temporally, but geographically with all of the uh, locations. You're going into like that, uh, that guy that did the shining, you're going into that territory. Yeah. I just, I want to do you it. Sure. You want to go there? I do, because think about this. There's a reason why I'm saying all of this. The dude was at Jackie Treehorns. How did he get to Jackie Treehorns? You assume that the Treehorn thugs drove him there. They're not going to say, hey, get in your car and follow us, you know? No, good point. They're going to put him in their, their vehicle and drive him there. And like, you know, after he gets done with the reactionary police chief... The police chief, you know, the dude is sobered up enough. He could have held him till he sobered up. He could have just put him in his own car, like, to, like, or like impounded his car or something. But the car's not around. He gets a cab. The dude now is talking to Walter and says, basically, I need a ride. Why? Well, Why? the last time we saw his car, it was pretty smashed up he was still driving it granted he was still driving it but it doesn't have a windshield he drives it to the bowling alley before the nihilists burn it my point uh, is that true his car is not yet dead he is still driving it good point he does use it later on why does he need a ride from walter especially since it's Arab shabbos he knows walter is not going to want to do this drive your own damn car have Maud get you a limo then, <laughs> you know, something, but drive your own car. Really? Here's, here's my theory on this. I think that, and I was looking at the dude's outfits to try to either confirm or disconfirm this, but I think that these scenes were originally in a different order somehow. Now it's tricky. Mm. It's tricky because like you said, we have this long string of scenes that definitely go back to back like the Jackie Treehorn to Chief of Police of Malibu stuff. But I want to say, like, Donnie's death originally came before they confront the titular Lebowski. Because there's a, there's a couple of transitions between scenes where, like, it could go, like, that scene wouldn't necessarily have to follow yeah, the maybe. previous scene. Maybe. Or is it just an oversight Except in writing? When they talk to the nihilists, they're all like, no, she didn't kill. Like, you know, they were pretty set on the whole case being closed at that point. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but the dude has already figured it out when he's there with Maud in his apartment. He already knows at this point. It's all clicked. 
they really don't learn anything when they brace the big Lebowski, the titular Lebowski. Sure. He doesn't tell them shit. So are you saying that it was originally another order, but then they added the scene of him asking Walter to drive? No. You're saying this happens at, I'm not sure what could possibly. Like I said, I don't, I don't know either. There's maybe my thinking about it has become too uptight. I, I don't know what the answer is. I would have to go and like cut the movie apart and try to like rearrange them into what maybe was the original. You're order. entering into some real anal retentive territory there. Well, it's either that or anal expulsive. So pick your yes. poison. Well, anal expulsive, man. Just get rid of it. Yeah. But is anal expulsive... Is that uncontrollable expulsion? I don't know. I mean, I could imagine being like in my backyard, <laughs> grilling out there, you know, and then uh, having a little anal expulsion. It's funny and that it would, it would it would create a poop deck. Oh. Next time on Gutter Balls. Come pick me up, or I'm off the fucking bowling team.